You're listening to Gizmonic Institute's radio. In the not too distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MST3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched to the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odd says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Gizmonic Institute's radio. You know, I bet there are all kinds of cool things happening on Earth these days. Jeez, I miss it. Oh, I hear you. I miss it too, but talking about it only makes it worse. Plus, it's basically all we ever talk about. We need something new to discuss, seriously. I have an idea. Let's talk about how weird Dr. Odd is. What a kook. Am I right? Yeah. He sure is zany. This isn't working. I know. My heart just isn't into it. I mean, I know he's weird. He's a mad scientist. There's not a lot of chance that he's going to be some normal guy who also likes to perform insane but ultimately harmless experiments. You two are seriously harshing my mellow. But, I agree. It seems like the two things we talk about the most, being bored and how weird Dr. Odd is, have become unexciting. Something interesting needs to happen in quick, or else this bird's gonna fly. What? what, what do you mean? Are, are you planning on leaving us, Snowbot? After all we've been through? Maybe. No! Oh, come on! Don't now, hold on, hold on. It's nothing personal. I think you guys are the cat's meow. But I'm a robot. I have needs that two humans simply cannot meet. Like... What? Uh, personal robot needs. Stuff I don't want to talk about. Like what? Jeff, I literally just said I didn't want to talk about it. Robot girlfriends? What? No! Oh my glop, that is weird. Weird and incorrect. I'm a robot. Your gender assignment of me as a male is a construct you humans come up with in order to fit me better into your weird mush brains. If you really must know, I want to get a third and fourth arm attached. Wait, why is that personal? That sounds totally awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. But why do you have to leave? We could just build you an extra set of arms. It would give us something to do. Heck, it would even give us something to talk about for weeks, probably. Hello, space bumpkins. What's new in Boring Town? <laughs> oh, you know the usual chatting about you. What? Really? What, what were you saying? You do not want to know. Come on, you jerks. What were you saying? God, you guys are so mean to me. I give you food and oxygen and I don't kill you. This is how you treat me with complete disrespect. I'm so furious. Are, are you starting to cry? No, no. I was just doing some experiments on genetically modified lemons. And some of the juice squirted in my eyes. <laughs> sure it did. Wink. No, seriously. There's a big mad science mixer coming up, and I wanted to make some lemons that attack people. The best I came up with is a lemon that squirts lemon juice. But what's more than you did today, I bet. Whoa, Dr. Odd, we seem to be losing you. Oh, this is really strange. Strange because there's never been a communication glitch before? No, strange that an all-digital signal would experience the sort of distortion that would only happen to an old-fashioned analog signal. What, what did you say? This is so bizarre. There shouldn't be this sort of interference. This is a wired connection. 
I didn't string 22 miles of Cat 5 cable into space to have interfered. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Can you, can you guys hear me? Who is this? What? What is happening? This is so hard to parse. Excellent. I rebooted the MAC addresses to get to the IPv6 layer encryption shells. Hello? Who... Who are you? Jeff? Seth? Nobot? Hey, is Dr. Odd still transmitting? Uh, no, you're the only one. Perfect. Let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Nice. I'm a former colleague of Dr. Odd. We... We were once lab partners. Oh, wild! Something exciting and new! Yay! Yeah! Fresh and fun! Thank, thank you for the cheers, guys. I appreciate that, you know. You guys are so kind. Any, anyway, let me continue. Dr. Odd and I had a bit of a falling out, you see, over methodology, let's call it. Don't let my name fool you, I'm quite mad. But unlike Dr. Odd's brand of madness, I consider mad science in the pursuit of niceness to be the most noble kind. So then, your name does fit. Sure, I, I guess. I mean, it's more of a coincidence than anything else. It's French, like the city. Oh, oh yeah, okay. it's on yeah, the Mediterranean, yeah, okay. the fifth yeah. largest city in France. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've never, I've never been there, but I heard it's nice. Hey, this guy is way better than Doctor Odd. <laughs> I agree. We're laughing with him, not at him. That never happened with Doctor Odd. So tell me, Doctor Nice, what are you doing here, hacking into the comm lines like this? Well, it's pretty simple. Um, I want you three to come and work for me. Not be enslaved or captured, but, you know, to actually come work for me. I'm intrigued, I must admit, but what sort of compensation package do you offer? No, but he's offering to get us out of here and let us come work for him. Who cares what the compensation looks like? We'll be free again. <laughs> well, since you asked, we here at Nice Corp have extremely generous benefits and salaries. You know, for robotic workers, we even have the option for extra arms. <gasps> yep, up to eight. Up to eight arms? You gotta be kidding me! No, 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 bot. Not eight arms. Eight pairs of arms. What? That, that's, that's a lot of extra arms. And how? Now, for my brothers in humanity, how does full health and dental sound? Wait, what, what about optical? Yeah, I mean, there's a $25 copay on optometrist visits. Uh-huh. But your lenses are free with the purchase of qualifying frames. Schwa? Uh, this sounds great, but... What exactly do you want us to do? That's the best part, okay? All I ask is that you guys join me in discrediting Dr. Odna's work. I mean, who better than the two people he kidnapped and the robot they accidentally created out of boredom and access to lethal amounts of radioactive material? This sounds too good to be true. It does, doesn't it? Guys, my name is Nice, remember? I thought that was just a coincidence. Oh, no, bot. Hey, what's going on? There you are. What happened? I was unable to communicate with you for a bit then. I was worried you tried to escape without doing an audio log. I was gonna have to turn on the murder chips I planted in your necks. Oh, yeah, the, uh, audio log. We should get on that. Yikes! Yeah, we better get it done before we talk to Dr. Nice again. Yeah, yep. Wait, Dr. Who? Nice! Anyway, okay, yeah. so, uh, let's do this audio log. Yeah, I don't want to be murdered by a murder chip. No, that would be, I assume, painful. I, I, uh, but instant, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, abrupt and possibly, hopefully, not too painful. Well, let's not even think about it. Let's just do the audio log. I know, but it itches so bad right now. Yeah, uh, it does. Ooh. So, 
yeah, I, it's not just wasn't very well designed, but no, that's either here nor there. Um, so this week we watched uh, MST3K, uh, season one, episode nine, Project Moonbase. Absolutely. Yeah, which uh, I, I liked this movie. I did too. It had a charm to it. You know, after the slime people, I feel like anything would have been good, but this yeah. movie. It was, it was, it was weird. We'll talk about that though. Uh, but first, before we talk about this movie, I think we need to mention that we had to watch two more Commando two Cody episodes. Two more Commando Codys. I'm done with Commando Cody. Yeah, I don't um, even care anymore. I feel like I'm maybe starting to get Commando Cody Stockholm syndrome. Oh wow! Like maybe not. Maybe that's not the right thing, but. As I'm not starting to like Commando Cody, but I just see it and I'm just like, hmm, okay. Yeah, you're just you're. It doesn't affect you at all anymore. Yeah, it's just part of um, normal everyday living. Yeah, like a coroner with dead bodies. Right. Yeah. Or one of the kids in Stand by Me with dead bodies. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like that. I'm I'm like that, but with Commando Codys. Mm. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about that maybe a little bit, but I don't. I don't want to talk about it now. Um, well, first some facts about about the movie Project Moonbase that we yeah. read. Um, we're back to kind of an older movie. It was released mm-hmm. in 1953. That's, that's uh, old. Yeah, shot in 10 days, which is one day longer, I think, than uh, The Robot Monster. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, whatever. It's cool. Hey, uh, so this movie was initially intended to be a pilot for a – like a like a, a pilot film for a TV series, yeah. I guess you know, like a like a little hour ish special. Sure, like the first episode of Lost was like two episodes. Of yeah, Lost. yeah, yeah. So it was it was supposed to be that uh, for a, a TV series called Ring Around the Moon. Um, but sci fi. By the way, can I just say that's the worst name for a TV show ever? But please, go yeah, on. that sounds like it sounds like somebody who's like setting up telephone lines on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Like a weird, like like pseudo futuristic, like Bell telephone ad. Well, I was just thinking it's like sweat stains around okay. the moon, like the old ring around the collar commercials. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's a different way. I was, I was thinking the, the noise ring, not the uh, physical ring. Oh well, yeah, it could be either one. Maybe someone is calling some sweat stains. Well, on it's the moon. just ridiculous anyway. The moon doesn't have enough gravity to have a ring. <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, unless it was a sweat stain. Unless it was a big old sweat stain. Yeah. Well, uh, when sci-fi movies started gaining popularity around the uh, late 1940s, early 1950s, um, the unfortunately named producer of this movie, Jack Seaman, uh, added footage to the movie to uh, make it feature length. Um, he did this without the permission or knowledge of the writer of the movie, um, Robert Heinlein, uh, who later disavowed the entire project. Um, Can you blame the guy though? Really? Yeah, uh, I I looked up. We had a uh, we had some Facebook chatter about Robert Heinlein. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, and uh, apparently, this guy is considered with uh, Asimov and one other guy to be like the big three of uh, sci-fi writers. Wait, what was his name? Robert Heinlein. Robert Heinlein! Oh, yep. lady with the Heinlein and the Heinlein. It's space. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had yeah. to do that. Oh, it's fine. We're, we're going mad up here. I think yeah. that's the whole the whole thing. Got to have some fun. Uh, yeah, so I guess this guy was a legit writer who just kind of had his uh, – had some hacky um, – he, he added that Jack Seaman touch to uh, mm. to this movie. Boy, it's hard to get out. Yeah, it is. Maybe that was the ring around the moon. <laughs> this is getting blue. Okay. 
<laughs> Let's move on. Um, <clears throat> this movie and uh, the movie Catwoman uh, of the Moon, Catwomen of the Moon, rather, um, which, by the way, sounds considerably more interesting yeah, than does. Project Moon based. Um, they Unless both... they're literally cat women. Like, they have yeah. whiskers. Uh, still, it would be like yeah, Avatar. No, you know, yeah, you maybe. You, it was a. Uh, <laughs> Precursor to cool. Avatar. True. Yeah, the uh, the Navi were originally lived on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, then they uh, left for uh, what was it's what's the name of the planet? Um, Pandora. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same name as the planet in Borderlands. Uh, they left for Pandora. Yep. Um, it's a box. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With all and, the sins of man. And a lot of apparently unobtainium, right? Which yes. Is, also, unobtainium uh, was what they used in the core. On the deep earth borer, really? Well, I've seen the core. Okay. And I, uh, I think it's one of the greatest bad movies ever made. I think Avatar is one of the worst. Possibly one of the worst movies. Yeah, worst bad movies. Oh well, the yeah, core is I, one of the greatest bad movies. I don't really want to get into Avatar, but I don't like it very much. Sure. <laughs> this is not the time or place, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. But I've never um, seen it. So okay, these two movies, Catwoman on the Moon and Project Moonbase, were filmed. With the same sets and the same costumes, and uh, they were released within one day of each other. Why? Uh, because people in the 1950s just didn't care at all about anything, <laughs> apparently. I guess maybe not. It's not like they got on their message boards and, yeah. and, and picked it apart on alt.sci-fi.net. And That's true. Said, Dear, this movie was the same blatant costumes and everything and sets. And honestly, like, I th- movies were probably still sort of a luxury. Probably no one went and saw both. That's true. And, you know, yeah, it could be weeks or months before you met somebody who'd seen the the other movie. And you could yeah. be discussing, oh, well, you should have seen you should have seen Project Moonbase because it, it had this and that. Oh, you should see All the women had these little caps on that had these weird widow peaks with embroidered noons on them. Yeah. Which was... Oh. You're, well, I wonder how many confused, like, arguments it led to with people, like, arguing, like, oh, no, you're thinking of Cat Women on the Moon. It's like, no, uh, you're no. thinking of Project Moonbase. Project Moonbase. Yeah. yeah. 1950s nerds. Yeah, because you couldn't consult a videotape. No. That didn't exist. Like, these movies, at that point, were probably well out of, you know, theaters. Mm-hmm. How oh, weird. Yeah. I guess you could get away with that stuff. An instant demand yeah or, you you could really just get away with with pulling pulling a fast one on you, people you know in like the night you could literally in the 1950s you you could make up a movie and tell someone all about it and they would just assume it was a real movie they had no way yeah. to fact check it yeah yeah that's true mm-hmm. oh weird man we need a time machine more yeah, we need we need to escape from this spaceship yeah lying to people was much easier Back in the 1950s. I know. Gosh. Mm. Too bad. It is too bad. It's, well, it's... let's talk about this uh, This actual MST3K episode. Okay. So uh, the we had another pre-commercial segment. Um, Joel and the bots are in their smoking jackets again. Again, and, which is my favorite thing. Yeah. I think that the, the robots look more like bathrobes. Or at yeah. least they're starting to. I don't know if they've changed them. but. Yeah, I don't know, but... Yeah, um, it's hard Joel, to find a smoking uh, jacket that fits a robot, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I I've never shopped for a a robot smoking jacket. Mm. 
So I I can't definitively say that. That sounds like a, a brash snap judgment on your part. I I'm prone to rashness and snapness. We should check the OtterNet because I feel like maybe if you uh, Google robot smoking jacket, you'll probably get a whole bunch of Etsy results. Oh, I didn't even think of Etsy. Sorry, Odsy. Odsy. It's just a bunch of crap that Dr. Odd made. I don't like Odsy because it's hard to pronounce <laughs> that D with the T-S-Y. It's just, it doesn't flow. Odsy. Yeah. And also, all it, all it is is uh, Dr. Odd selling crocheted Pikachu uh, beanies for dogs. Mm. Is... I do really like the macrame plant hanger. That, <laughs> that is that is pretty good. I wish yeah. just I just now wish we had a plant. Yeah, and then there's the ring around the moon removal solution. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is just vinegar. Yep. Straight. Not even distilled. Nope. Man, is it powerful though. It is terrible smelling. It smells as bad as it works, which yep. doesn't make sense because it works great. Yeah, there's no rings around that moon. How about this? It smells as strong as it works. Now, there's yeah. a slogan. <clears throat> okay, so Joel hits the button for commercial sign, and he pops something in his mouth. Um, again? We, we, yeah, again. Um, we have, uh, we, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, we have been informed by uh, one of our Twitter friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also an MST3K expert and the webmaster of the official MST3K fan site, MST3KInfo.com. So, you know, we, I, I, take, I take what he says to us very seriously. He might be pretty knowledgeable on MST3K. Yeah. Just I, a hunch. This is from years of, you know, hunches. Yeah. I've been I feel like for years. I feel like this isn't a rash snap judgment. Nope. But our our Twitter friend at M, M. Sampo said that uh, Joel is eating grapes. That's great that yeah. we know what he's eating, but I want to know why. I, I think I think it's this, the Skinner box conditioning. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's a good theory. We had we had people on Twitter telling us that we were right about that. So awesome. Yeah, that's. I'm so that's glad fine. we get Twitter and it's not called something like Twatter. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no. That doesn't work. <laughs> no. There we go. Getting blue again. There we go. Yeah. I always want to know how Joel got fresh fruit on the satellite of love. Uh, repeat yourself. It's just a show. Okay. I should just relax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, after after the first segment, they go to the uh, invention exchange. Uh, uh, walk us through the uh, inventions in this week's invention exchange. Seth. Absolutely. Well, um, first of all, we have uh, Joel water juggling, which I gotta say is probably one of his coolest inventions. Which he has, you know, wood like ping pong paddles. Okay. He's, he's juggling beads of water, and he's doing tricks. He's going around the back, oh, up high, down low, you know, all the all the tricks. Which I think, yeah, I don't want to get into, I don't want to ruin his magician's secrets, even though he's not a magician. But I have a pretty good idea of how he's juggling that water. You want to know what it is? I'm going to tell you anyway. He's okay. really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good at it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that he was literally, he was doing that. He was juggling water. Yeah, amazing. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're being sarcastic right now, but I was really impressed with that. <laughs> like, was there an actual magic trick to that? Or, it, it was just, it was filled with water. He was squirting it every time. Oh, out of the. Uh, oh, hmm. yeah. I don't like that. He's a prop comic. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I thought, I thought he had like, uh, you know, treated paddles and I like that better, like bouncing a ball of water in the air. I like that. 
Um, I like to believe that better. Yeah. So well, now I don't anymore. Oh. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I feel like I it's just okay. ruined Santa for a little kid. Yeah, you ruined uh, you ruined water juggling for me. Damn it. Well, mm. um, as happy as you were about the water juggling, the, the, the Mads presented an ant farm that they combined with an Etch-A-Sketch, which they called uh, very nicely the Insecto-Sketch. Sure. Which I think was great. Yeah. But it wasn't really their best invention. You know, it was they, dumb. Yeah, they just trained some ants to uh, to make words or and or I don't pictures. even think they did that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it was funny because they had to shake it up, and you can just imagine that the ants inside were terrified. Yes. Yeah, and was it a real ant farm? It was think? a real ant farm, but I, I don't know that it had real ants inside yeah. of it. But know, it was. was. Ant farms are fun because they do have tiny little farm cutouts uh, made of plastic inside of them. Sure. And do people still have ant farms? Yeah, of course. Why okay. wouldn't you have an ant farm? It's a, it's a great, it's a lot of fun to just watch them work. I, I don't know. I never had one as a kid, and then also um, when I was living one on Earth. Here. Yeah, we should see if we can get one up here. I I think, but it may be the same problem I ran into on Earth, where just ants in your house are not good. Mm, yeah. yeah. The trick is to keep them inside the farm. Okay. That is the trick. In so. the zero-G up here, I don't know. Floating ants might be a problem we'll get some screens although i don't okay. know why we would have screens up here because we can't exactly throw the windows open that's true we could have like some sort of floating ant farm orb that's a screen i like that yeah An ant that could be orb. fun yeah let's yeah, do I it but the ants would hate it mm. and also probably die because they don't know how to work in zero gravity well we'll just fill it with um liquid okay right they can swim. Yeah. All right. Let's let's just talk a little bit uh, shortly about this uh, Commando Cody. Let's do it. Let's just double get to it. feature. Double double feature. I kind of I want to I want to break down Commando Cody a little bit. Just sort of explore like who is Commando Cody? I, I don't yeah, mean I existentially. Get behind the mask. That's what the yeah. documentary will be called on VHS. Behind the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. The Commando Cody story. <laughs> okay. I've got I have a couple questions. Okay. Why do the ray guns in Commander Cody look like Daleks from Doctor Who? Maybe you have it backwards. Maybe the, the Daleks look like the ray guns. Oh, that makes me hate Doctor Who, which I resent Doctor Commander Cody for even more. Ouch. Uh, why does his advanced jetpack only have controls that say up slash down, <laughs> slow slash fast, and a dial that has a bunch of numbers on it? Okay. That is great, though. Yeah, and who is Commander Cody? Like, who does he work for? Great. Uh, why does he just have planes and uh, mini atomic bombs and the permission <laughs> to use them on whoever he wants? Sure, just d- drop that. Oh, there's a guy in a truck. Just throw it down there. There might be hundreds of other people on that street, but, uh, you know, just throw that guy, that bomb on that guy. It's a nuke. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Commander Cody is either, like, a war criminal or has the best job ever. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, because he has a laboratory with yeah. a jetpack. And fights. And- yeah, and and fist fights every every hour on the hour. Yep, fist to cuffs. Yeah, and also just uh, gets to willy nilly throw bombs out of Cessna airplanes. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, Man. I don't know. I mean, on paper, Commando Cody sounds great. Yeah, but in reality, Commando Cody is lamer than the pumpkin he uses for a helmet. Yeah, it's it's the worst. Yeah, I'm very much. Over um, it. I, I hope we're not gonna have too much. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Okay, so after we uh, after Commando Cody, um, double feature, we go to the second segment of the show where Joel is flying Tom Sover around the ship as Tom Sover pretends to be Commando yes. Cody. Yes! Yep. Uh, he's got a sweet helmet, uh, which their props, you know, they're great. 
Yes, all the time. absolutely. It, it it warmed my heart right yeah. down to the cockles of my yes. heart. Mm-hmm. And the muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, it, and then Crow and Tom get into a little argument about how uh, it, it's it's Crow's turn to be Commander Cody, and it's silly, but I think it's it's better than the uh, the courtroom sketch they did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. In, in terms of Commando Cody sketches, I think it's probably one of the best. I think so. So, um, then uh, the third segment of the show, Joel and the bots make a uh, they n- make note of the extreme shortness of the ties worn in Project Moonbase, which yeah, yeah. I guess they figured that ties were ties getting smaller and they just extrapolated. Uh, I don't I don't understand. Well, okay, they- you've got you've got the zoot suit with like the big wide tie. Sure. Okay. And then you've got like the uh, you know like the the G-men look of oh. the early 1950s where the tie got a little smaller and shorter, right? Okay. Okay. Yep. So this movie is filmed in 1953 and meant to be set in what 1970? Yep. So I guess they assumed that ties would just keep on shrinking. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But uh yeah, so uh Joel and the bots put on a like a tie model like runway show. Mm-hmm. And they just make a bunch of tie puns. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like For example, the, uh, anti-gravity. Yes. Yeah. The anti-gravity. Yeah. It's it's great. In Project Moonbase, or sorry, the fourth segment. Um, in Project Moonbase, the uh, space organization is called Spackum. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a great name. What what was it in uh, in one one of the other movies we watched? It, they had a great space. Uh, it was space. Was it space organization or something? Yeah, I think. Like Space Club, or I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but Spackum is an amazing name. Yeah, for it is. Yeah, um, and then they also they made a fake commercial for Spackum where they said Spackum was like like a spam, yeah. like a meat substitute. Yeah, and it was just like green goop that they green screen stuff onto, and yeah. Joel like moved around in his hands. It was pretty great. It was really great, and I yeah. was I thought for sure that that was Nickelodeon Gak. Yeah, we both did. Yeah, but it wasn't. But, Nope. Because that is predated Gak, which makes me think that maybe, uh, like, Gak was a ripoff of something else. But I don't remember having anything like Gak until Gak. So I, I don't know what was that stuff. Maybe it was like, uh, you know how if you take cornstarch and mix it with water, it gets all weird? <gasps> oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it past Joel to make his own Gak. That's true. He's committed to his craft. He There's is. There's no question he, about that. He's a fantastic prop comic. Absolutely. He even made a prop this episode that fooled me with those <laughs> paddles, which I'm still yeah. upset about. <laughs> oh, uh, darn you. Yeah. Um, okay, let's, let's before we get into the final segment of the show, let's talk a little bit about Project Moonbase as Project a Project Moonbase, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> You you mentioned this um, while we were watching it, and I and I I agree with you. Um, it started out really strong. There was some like cool pre Cold War like espionage, like post World War Two paranoia. Mm-hmm. They yeah. it never the the bad guys didn't have Russian accents, but no. like they were just dudes trying to sabotage America. You kind yeah you kind of knew what was going on. The freedom loving people of the world. That's who yeah. they were against. Yes. Yeah, the one thing I didn't quite like, um, well, it didn't make sense to me from just like a filmmaking standpoint, is that they spent so much time introducing the villains of the movie that going in, I kind of thought that the movie was about those people. Yeah. And then it just switches gears. 
Yeah, and then they hardly mention that stuff again. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's just an argument about, uh, like, who's going to pilot the flight around the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, which kind of brings me to the next point, which is why this movie was kind of so weird, is that uh, apparently um, this was one of the tropes that the writer Robert Heinlein had in a lot of his writings of the time. He would create really strong female characters. And in Project Moonbase, there was a uh, the one of the lead characters was the colonel, the Air Force colonel who was yeah Bright Eyes going, yeah Colonel Bright Eyes um who's going to pilot the flight and so he'd make he'd make powerful female characters but then give them like really subservient personalities and I guess this just was the thing that he did with his characters it sort kind of seemed to defeat the purpose like. There is literally a scene in this movie where the, this Air Force colonel, this decorated Air Force female colonel, is <laughs> talking to the Air Force general, and he calls her a spoiled brat and threatens to spank her over his knee. Yeah. Yeah. And she she backs down from him yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, sanctioned by the uh, armed services. Yeah, it just seems, it seems really weird. Yeah. And... Yeah, and the whole resolution of this movie was uh, like the the man who was you know ranking under her for this whole trip got promoted to like brigadier general of the moon base that they started. Right, and because she requested it to marry him. I guess she didn't want to be married to a guy that she was outranking. I yeah. I don't know. I- I, I'm pretty well versed on how the military works, and uh, yeah, I don't think that's how it goes. You know, yeah, you know, people get married because they're in love. Well, and also because the military gives you a lot of money to get married is how I understand it. Right. Yeah. yeah. There are some certain benefits to getting yeah. married, and I guess maybe she was thinking of that. But why not ask to to get married? She's the first woman on the moon. I mean, come yeah. on. Be like, hey, I'll get married, but uh, why don't you bump me up uh, two ranks? Come on. Give me that yeah. uh, major general. Well, and the whole Lieutenant reason general. they got married was because the general was like, hey, uh, so America yeah. doesn't really take kindly to, uh, to a man and a woman life <laughs> yeah. on the moon. living in close quarters for the months that you'll be stranded on the moon. So how about you get married? That way, when you inevitably, you know break have, down and yeah uh, break and, down and, and have necking, have adult times which yeah is really big in the 50s yep it's um, a big problem Amer- america won't be uncomfortable right with your necking yeah. mm-hmm. what is necking by the way um i think that's when you like you like giraffe you like try and wrap tr- your neck around each other you just slam necks against one another <laughs> yeah like giraffes fight yeah okay just twist yeah. your neck okay i i can see why it fell out of favor with mm-hmm. subsequent generations. Yeah, a lot of neck braces. A lot of neck injuries, yep. Yeah. That's actually, uh, there's an episode of the Brady Munch about yep. a, a neck injury. Probably yeah, when, uh, in the 50s when they talked about using protection, it was uh, a neck brace. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you could go to any Planned Parenthood and they had a jar full of neck braces. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you know, getting bruises slamming into, yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> So the final segment of the show, um, they uh, Joel reads a fan letter, which is a Christmas card containing someone's dogs and Santa hats, I which I thought it. was delightful. It's so delightful. <laughs> it's like you know, a hipster nowadays tries that hard to be mm-hmm. quirky, but it just doesn't work. It's not as no. genuine. 
But this was the, the genuine people from Minnesota who sent pictures of their golden retrievers wearing Santa hats to MSD3K. Yep, late 90s Minnesota. It's yeah, early day. 90s Minnesota. Yeah, or excuse me, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. These are my favorite people, I think, mm-hmm. so far. If if you are the people who wrote that card to Joel <laughs> and you're listening to this, uh, please, I will, like, we'll figure out a way to get physical mail up here on the satellite. Yeah. And you can send us a... A, a copy of that card because that would really make our day forever and always um yeah the bots are on the ceiling uh th- this is one of the first times that they they kind of did like a weird uh prop comic-y thing making fun of the movie with the bots or maybe it is and I, I don't know it just seems one of the most memorable yeah but they're yeah they're, they're making fun of all the magnet boot scenes in the movie and the right. bots are just hanging out just up how there, they get, uh, get around the uh zero gravity problem in space is they're just like oh they have magnet boots and so then they make them just not care that they're talking to people who are sitting on the wall it's just normal no one no one says anything about it at all yeah no i'm gonna open this door and everyone's gonna be upside down that just makes sense yeah it makes sense for a room yeah there's signs on the walls that say do not walk on the walls yeah so yeah because you know why not yeah a bunch of no good nicks walking on walls uh yeah um so, an interesting thing, um, and I think this is this may be a little bit of foreshadowing, but uh, Joel and the bots point out that they haven't had to watch a color movie yet. Yeah. Because uh, technically, uh, Women of the Prehistoric Planet is, is out of order, so that right. didn't hasn't, happen yet. Hasn't happened yet. Yep. It's in the future. So, yeah. So, I'm wondering if uh, next week's movie is going to be in color. I don't Something know. Something tells me it might be. Ooh, I can't wait to find out. Yeah, I can't wait either. I wish I had a time machine right now. Yeah. Well, for more reasons than one. Right. But. Obviously. Yep. Like lottery, sports almanacs, things like that. Hey, so uh, before we do our top five drifts of the movie, mm-hmm. go, I, I realize that we didn't do a 20-second recap. Oh, my God. That's a requirement. I know. We almost Yikes. had had our shock chips activated. I don't want but that. I remember it. So <gasps> hold okay. on. Hand me your grandfather's stopwatch. It's your turn oh, this yep. week. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Let me shake no, it out. No. I'm shaking it out. I'm shaking it shaking out. Shaking it out. Okay. okay. Get loose. Okay. Yeah, I'm loose. Right. I'm loose. I'm loose. You ready? Yeah, wait. Hold on. Let me get my breath. Okay. <clears throat> okay. On okay. your mark. Get set. 20 second recap. It's the future past of 1970, and there's some bad guys. They want to sabotage a moon base for some reason because maybe they're communists. I don't know. So they hide a doppelganger on a moon mission with a lady and a dude, and they fly to the moon kind of accidentally from their space frisbee. But the guy gets discovered because he doesn't know about the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then the guy and the lady get married in the moon, and he's promoted because in the future women are not allowed to be powerful. <sighs> I'm not even kidding you. When I when I hit this stop button on your grandfather's stopwatch. 19.9 seconds. Holy guacamole. I avoided wow. the shock by one-tenth of a second. I think that that sets some sort of other record. I The tipping point record. Yeah, I like that. I if we too. had uh, Xbox achievements for things that we did, certainly you would have just gotten one. Achievement unlocked. Yes. Man. It's called the Commando Cody Achievement. The Commando Com- Cody Achievement. You, uh, you unlock an Avatar Award, a mm. really crappy costume. Yeah, it's excellence in going almost <laughs> too far. <laughs> oh, so let's do the top five riffs of this let's movie. Let's do the top five riffs of this movie. Yeah. All right, so number five, um, in Commando Cody, a garage mechanic witnesses gangsters pulling a gun on Commando Cody, and the mechanic says, I don't want any trouble, as he's uh, raising a wrench over his head to hit the gangsters with. And Tom Servo says, so I'm going to hit you with this crowbar. <laughs> 
Uh, in Project Moonbase, a mushmouthed radio operator is attempting to reach sector number 12, and Joel replies, Inspector 12? He inspected my underwear. <laughs> good old underwear joke from I Joel. Do, I do have, I, I like those when I find them. Yeah, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> number three, favorite riff from the movie, uh, when the main spaceship is docking with the orbital station, oh, which are just two models kind of like you know, hanging out, <laughs> yep. uh, Joel begins singing some bow chicka wow wow adult movie yeah. music, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. Just just like our episode, mm-hmm. uh, this episode got a little blue too. A little too. bit. Yeah. A little blue. Careful, send the kids to bed. Hey, during a fist fight in Commando Cody, Joel holds up a giant... This was uh, one of my favorite things of all time. He holds up giant Batman-style onomatopoeias like pow and bang and biff to go along with the action. It's it's yeah. pretty funny. It's I I really like that. I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is you know derivative, but he had mm-hmm. so many of them. I know it was so good. Yeah, he had a good at least six or seven. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. Leave it. Leave it to Joel. Yep. Yeah, our number one favorite riff from this movie, though, um, during Project Moonbase, the uh, the general, um, the Air Force general, is using scale models to explain how the ship will dock with the orbital station, which we covered <laughs> a little mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and Joel and the bots keep uh, misidentifying, or rather, correctly identifying yes. the things that the models actually look like. Uh, uh, so, and comparing them to real world counterparts. So the the general would be like, "So what happens is the orbital station, and then Joel and the bots go." Or frisbee <laughs> docks at the spaceship, or batteries. Right, yeah. because it was just a literally a bunch of batteries taped together with like a golf ball. Yeah, glued it was, to the top. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's our favorite that was of the, the movie. Best. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's let's rate this episode. Okay, let's do it. Episode. Yeah. Episode. Do you want to go first? Sure. I. I All right. I, I want to give this episode. Um, Probably, uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 moon bases. Okay. I really like this episode. It wasn't the greatest episode, but the movie was charmingly bad mm-hmm. instead of offensively bad. Agreed. And I can really get behind that. And the riffs were on point. The segments were good. So, yeah, it's a really good a, a really good episode. First season especially. Yeah. I'm going to give this episode uh, 9 tiny spaceman model sitting on oh swings. my god i forgot all about that part <laughs> lowering and and raising into a rocket ship out of 10 yes yeah the models in this movie the miniatures were fantastic i am bad. a sucker for miniatures yeah um yeah i i this is one of my favorite episodes of of the season one so far yep. it's absolutely it, like you said the movie was charmingly bad um it, it was just silly. Like it was, it was weird and silly. And then they had some good riffs. And uh, yeah, and the segments were good. Segments are strong. I think the least favorite thing, my least favorite thing about this movie was the uh, the Mads Invention Exchange. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's my complaint, like, yeah. Oh, you go get over it. Get over it. <laughs> so hey, uh, we got some. We got some letters. We got some oh, uh, correspondence. So, uh, so I'll read this first one. This is this is from. What? It's so lonely up here. Oh, it it is. I this is my favorite part of the uh, favorite part of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, this first one is from our friend Steve via Facebook. Uh, in reference to last week's stinker of a movie Ugh. and episode, uh, he says his biggest reaction to slime people is that this is he thinks that this is what listening to a riff tracks without the movie must be like. Mm. Um, he says he wonders how much of the invisibility was due to Shadow Rama. 
Um, it seems like uh, Joel and the bots could see some of the action. We couldn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I kind of uh, – a shadow-rama um, for those uninitiated with the term is what they – what is, is the phrase they coined to describe the seats and the, the robot silhouettes. I don't know. Do you think that could have caused vision problems for us in the movie? I th- maybe possibly. I just think it had all of the world's fog well, obstructing that's, everything. That's also true. Like, yeah. Industrial Age London had nothing on that movie. Yeah, but I think that is probably a more apt uh, comparison than we made to Slime People. Is watching a riff tracks, but without the movie. Yep. So you're just watching. You're listening to people making <laughs> right, you're, clips you're about in your car. You plug your iPod in. And you're listening to a riff tracks as you drive down the road. You have yeah, no I, context. Whatsoever. That actually kind of sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm going to try that. Try to guess um, what they're talking about. And then uh, about Project Moonbase, uh, Steve goes on to say uh, he was quite excited to get a copy of this back in the day. He's a big Robert Heinlein fan. Um, I suspect, though, if you don't know much about Asimov, then Robert Heinlein must be something of an enigma to you, too. And I actually – yes, that is true. I, I had to look up who that was. No, so. I know uh, I know enough about Asimov, but I don't know who Robert Heinlein yeah. is. So. I said, Like I said, they're, uh, they're, they're part of the big three. So two oh, two of right. the big three, the third uh, escapes me. But the the two of the big three sci-fi writers. That, hey, that's cool. Hey, you want to read this uh, this correspondence from our friend Adam? Uh, yeah. He says, uh, "Did you know there is a band named Commando Cody?" And he gives us a link. Uh, he says, "Anyway, I love your podcast. Keep it up. Also, since you so enjoyed the slime people, is there any episode in the history of the show that you dread watching and reviewing?" Ooh, that's a tough question. I can't mm. think of any one episode that I'm not looking for. I can think of episodes that I'm, like, very much looking forward to. Yes, yeah. But and that's none- immediately where my brain went yeah. until I remembered Mano's Hands of Fate. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Ooh. That is that is a bad movie. Mm. Like, but the really episode, bad. But the episode is, you know... We'll see. We'll get there. Now, I mean, I've I'm back on Earth. Like you know, what we're, we're not watching this show for the first time. We've seen some episodes, and yeah, I've seen that episode, and I, I think Manos Hands of Fate is it could be, I don't know. It, it's not going to break me, but it's, no, not nothing yeah. at this point. Yeah. Oh, okay. What what are well, in contrast? What are some of the ones you're looking forward to watching? Because I know which ones I am. Uh, the one that I'm most looking forward to is uh, is one of the Gamera episodes. I don't know okay. specifically which one it is, Gamera versus whatnot, but it is one of my most beloved episodes. I remember the little song they say, Gamera is really neat. He is Gamera is made meat. of meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are eating Gamera. That's, yep. that's one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to both the Prince of Space episode and the Pod People. Oh, those yeah, are, the pod the, people is great. And the Prince of Space is also my. Uh, I, I don't favorite. think I've seen that one. I'm excited. Oh, the, well, you're in for a treat, my friend. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks to uh, Steve and Adam for uh, writing in. Uh, if you want to write us in, or write write us in, or just write in to us, how about? Um, <laughs> this space madness is getting to me. Um, uh, our email address is mail at gizmonicinstitutesradio.com, or you can just shoot us a message on Facebook. Um, that people people like to hang out there. That's totally cool. It's a it's a good place to hang out. We got some more likes this week. I like the uh, likes. Yeah, that address is uh, facebook.com dot slash Gizmonic Institutes Radio. Yeah, so, yep. it's it's 
You know what else is cool? When What's people that? review us on iTunes. Uh, yeah. We got two reviews on iTunes. Oh. Our, our friend Adam and uh, our friend Strack Films. Those uh, guys are awesome. Us. Yeah, they totally are. Oh, man, I'm so excited and pumped. To I am. Extreme. I know. Yeah, I'm like that's a like, '90s Doritos commercial right now. So, just extreme. It. You just got like punched in the face by Doritos. I and I'm base jumping off the Eiffel Tower and I'm landing an escape half pipe. Yeah. When I uh, when I log on to OddTunes and I see we have new reviews, it it makes my lunar cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another place to contact us online if you want to uh, get a hold of us is Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is good. It's uh, it's what all the cool kids are doing these days. Yeah, it is. And all the other kids, too. Everyone's on Twitter. You're David Carradine, he's on there. Oh, wait, no, he's mm-hmm. not. No. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. I, I hope bet that guy from uh, CSI Miami. Oh. Uh, David Caruso. David Caruso, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David Carradine is very much not on Twitter. <laughs> oh man um yeah but we are at mst3k underscore podcast and uh you know if you want to follow us and talk to us like our friends at extra life church or at nick goss or at m sampo uh again also mm-hmm. the uh you should check out his website mst3k info.com because it's great yeah it's the official fan what about or at renegade lemur and sean's cost People have hard names. At Real Cody Smith. Hey, that's a name I can get behind. You did. You read that one well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 So, everyone, uh, thank you for, you know, following us on Twitter, talking to us. We uh, we love it when you send us cool stuff. Our uh, our friend Antron Costco sent us a cool picture of, like, MST3K pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. It was really sweet. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sweet um, pumpkin pie. Yes. Or pumpkin seeds. They're more salty. I don't, yeah. Well, if you put salt on them. Sure. Either way, thanks, thanks, guys. You're the best. Yep. Absolutely. Like pumpkin seeds. Like pumpkin seeds. Oh, geez. I, I hope that uh, when we get back to talking, we're talking to Dr. Nice and not Dr. Odd. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be a bummer. I know. Totally. Yeah. We'll Dr. See. Odd is still last week. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to flip a coin. It's a crapshoot. 50 yeah. chance. Here we go. All right. I'm going to flip the screen back on. And here we go. Ah. Oh. Man, it's Dr. Odd. That's exactly who I hope to see here. Yeah. I need more arms! Before the link was broken, while you recorded the audio log, you mentioned something about a Dr. Nice. I hope you've not been in contact with that phony baloney. Well, what if we have? Well, then I say fully. Fully, I say. Hey, Jumps. Looks like I got the link back up. Where, where was I earlier? Uh, you were talking about how we could get out of here and have a sweet job working for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. All I need you to do is make Dr. Odd look bad. That's really about it. That won't even be hard. The guy is a walking disaster. His very existence makes him look bad. I mean, have you seen that comb-over? True. But I worry that a job so devoid of challenge will initially be a refreshing change of pace from the monotony of space station living, but soon will devolve into a sense of unfulfillment and ennui. Guys, did I mention Hawaiian Shirt Fridays? Well, koaloha makamehi ipo! Aha! I thought I heard your name nice. I wish I could say it's a pleasure to see you again. But believe me when I say it's the pleasure. It's all mine. But see, you've done it again. That doesn't even make sense. How's that an insult? You're such a buffoon. 
Buffoonery is one of my most endearing personality quirks. Just so the rest of you know, Dr. Nice and I used to be... Yeah, yeah. We already know enough of your backstory. Please move things along. Oh, okay. Um, well, long story short, Dr. Nice was kicked out of the Society of Mad Scientists for several very severe ethics violations. Alleged ethics violations. Oh, right. I forgot about your weird mad science ethics thingy. Uh, what rules did he supposedly break? Killing his subjects, for one. Well, you threaten to kill us all the time. Yeah, like right before the audio log is the most recent one that comes to mind. We can kill our subjects as long as they refuse to participate in a given mad experiment. But we don't just go around murdering all willy-nilly. That'll be barbaric. Oh, aren't you just the bitter end? Dr. High and Mighty over there never killed someone for the pleasure of killing them. Well, whoop-de-doo, here's your Nobel Peace Prize in science. Hold on. You really did kill some people? Seth, it was the 90s. I was in college. Everyone gets a little murder curious. Come on. Now, I'm super curious as to what our job was going to be. Murdering on your behalf to somehow make Dr. Odd look bad? Just how many of my arms were going to be designated murder arms? Of course I wasn't going to ask you guys to do my murders for me. How does that make Dr. Odd over there look bad? It doesn't. Jeez. So what were you going to hire us for? I don't... I don't get it. I was going to hire you so I could murder you guys and use it to frame Dr. Odd and have him kicked out of Med Science Street like he did to me. Wait, Dr. Odd framed you for murder? No. I, I murdered on my own, but I, I have an insatiable thirst that can only be sated by repeated murderings. He did something far worse. He snitched. I know of no rule in our code of ethics that mentions anything about snitches getting stitches. So there. Go back to your nod, Mad Science. I look forward to reading your peer-reviewed study on the effects of I, I can't I can't even finish with a lame research scientist. <laughs> okay, that's it. You know, you mock my work in the advancement of applied magnetism and its effects on tiny iron fillings all you want, but you don't ever forget to preface the scientist in my title without the word mad. You you lost that title, remember? You did a bunch of murdering for no reason. Oh, look, here is a button I can push to re-encrypt this comlink. So long, science man. I hate you so much. Wow, I guess I'm... I guess I'm glad Dr. Odd saved us? This is a weird feeling. I need an adult. It's okay, Seth. Dr. Odd may have saved us, but he's had his left arm inside of a shark's mouth since the transmission began. So, there's that. Yeah, sure. You know... I would have accepted as many as two extra murder arms. Oh, oh no, no bye. bye.